All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into a Monday. I hope it was a great weekend for you and that you're looking forward to getting your work week started with some good conversation. Tony Beam, Director of Church and Community Engagement for the Tim Brazier Campus of North Greenville University, where Christ makes the difference and where we are equipping transformational leaders for the church and for society. Also serve as the Director of Public Policy for the South Carolina Baptist Convention. And I'm currently the interim pastor at Five Forks Baptist Church over in Simpsonville. I'll tell you what, man, we're having a good time over there. Great services, good worship, good music, fair preaching. <laughs> we start at 1030 every Sunday morning. We have a service, a Bible study on Sunday night at 545 and a midweek service at 630. So I'm currently, yesterday I started preaching through the book of Ephesians. Uh, preached the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 1. And, uh, of course, next week we'll follow that up, I think, with verses 4 through 14. And what else? Sunday night is the book of James. And Wednesday night we're going through 1 Corinthians. So great opportunities for you if you'd like to come by and join us. Okay, uh, yesterday we didn't do any of that at um, Five Forks. We had actually had a Super Bowl party last night, and boy, did we have a good time. Uh, we played. We didn't watch the halftime show. We watched the first half of the game. Everybody brought their favorite. I mean, we had wings. We had chips. We had dip. We had all the stuff that is required for the Super Bowl. And so um, we we then at halftime, we played a video testimony of Dabo Sweeney that was just excellent. Um, and then, then we had a trivia. We played Super Bowl trivia. <laughs> which my team tied for first place. We got six out of ten questions. And it came down to a playoff where me and two other people, captains of their teams, also got six out of ten. And we had to stand around a chair and grab a Styrofoam cup if we knew the answer. Um, you know, I had to be, be the first one to grab the cup. So the question was, how many – chicken wings are devoured on Super Bowl Super Bowl Sunday and I grabbed the cup I got the cup first and I answered 565 million or something like that and the answer is like 1.3 billion and the next guy that grabbed the cup got it so anyway their team won but uh, talking about the Super Bowl last night I, I want to start the show today by um, playing Chris Stapleton's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner and the reason is it's possible that you didn't hear it. Maybe you didn't get to see, um, maybe, maybe you only saw the Black National Anthem or you, you were in the kitchen getting your chips and dip or you were uh, getting the wings out of the microwave or out of the crock pot or out wherever you do them. And um, so, you know, I, I, but I want you to hear it because, and, and believe me, there have been people who vocally – have done a better job, okay? I mean, just objectively, let's be honest. You know, the, Chris Stapleton's got a great voice, but I've heard the Star Spangled Banner sung by some of the, the best voices in the world, and it was moving. It was. It was that when, when somebody has a voice like, you know, that's so pure and they sing it. But I'm going to tell you, Chris Stapleton is probably going to go down in history as the Star Spangled Banner singer. And the reason is not so much that he hit every note with pristine precision. The reason 
is because of the emotion, the feeling, the setting. The, he played the, the Star Spangled Banner on the guitar. Um, and, and just, I mean, if you when they showed the sideline, you had football players. I mean, grown men that are about to get out there and beat each other to a pulp had tears on their cheeks. Um, I, I thought the coach of the Eagles was just going to lose it. So, in any event, um, I wanted you to hear it. So, here is Chris Stapleton, Stapleton last night. Uh, get ready um, to be moved by his rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Was I'm just telling you. I mean, that's a that is about as American as it gets, right there. Country music, the electric guitar, just a guy out there with sunglasses and a beard down past his chin onto his chin. I mean, it was just, uh, it really was great stuff. So, uh, I I just I just appreciate that a bunch. Now, they were supposed to have a flyover uh, yesterday at that moment, like when the anthem came to an end. But all the jets were out chasing balloons and unidentified flying objects. So they were, you know, they didn't get to fly fly over because they were busy. Uh, I, and I'm kidding. They really did. They had a great flyover. But all, uh, I all was female flyover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I noticed it was uh, it was it was it was uh, Sheila's who were doing the flyover. But uh, which is fine. I mean, I, hey, fighter pilots. I've, I've seen Maverick Top Gun. Um, it's, um, you know, they, they, those female pilots can fly, um, great game. I mean, it was one of the best games ever and uh, for a super bowl, it looked like Kansas city was on the ropes. I mean, have you ever seen just, just a question on, on the, on the goal line when the Eagles had the ball at, right at the goal line, I mean, it's like at the, 
one-inch line, and they were going to try to get it in for a touchdown, the Eagles' offensive line pushed the defensive line of Kansas City about six feet back into the end zone. I mean, it's it was incredible. There was an audible gasp where we were watching the game. We were, you know, we had two big screens and a fellowship hall, and we were watching. And they shoved, literally shoved Kansas City just back into the end zone. And I thought, wow. I mean, if this is going to happen all night, uh, Kansas City's going to be in for a long night. But you you never count them out. Uh, you never count Andy Reid's team out. They, they're going to figure things out and figure it out they did because they went in at halftime and came back and scored every time they had the ball, I think except for once, and uh, and ended up winning the game. They were down, let's see, was it 27-14, to 14, I think, at halftime? Or 20, 24. 24. Yeah, 24. That's right. It was a 10-point deficit at uh, halftime. And then the Eagles added a, a field goal. And then, uh, you know, it got to be 35-35. It was tied. And then, you know, Mahomes is hurt. I mean, you could tell he that ankle that was twisted got twisted again. And he got up limping. And, I mean, the guy's just Superman. I mean, he got out there even with his ankle in that condition. He ran in position to get them to kick the final field goal. Now, yes, I'm going to talk about the call because everybody's whining about the call today they're talking about that it shouldn't have been pass interference let me tell you something when a jersey gets pulled when you see the cloth on the sleeve of a jersey pulled by a defender that's going to be a penalty for holding nine times out of ten now I heard all the talk about the coaches you know they brought in these coaches that are that were former coaches to comment and to talk about it to get and they well he didn't really impede his progress and what a what a yeah it was it was holding kinda maybe but do you throw a flag right there when the Super Bowl is on the line do you not throw a flag right there when the Super Bowl is on the line I mean, because it – why? Because you're an Eagles fan? Because it gives Kansas City an opportunity? I mean, how can you not call it if it's a penalty? You The, the referee's job is not to stand there and look and go, okay, this is a penalty, but is it really – is it really – see, that's the culture we live in today. Can we, can we just – can we go all the way back? And I know people are going to criticize me that, for this, but can we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden? You know, did God really say? Is that really what he said, Eve? Come on. Is that really a penalty? Is that something that we want to – shouldn't we just – I mean, the Super Bowl, it's a big game. It's important. It's going to give Kansas City an, an advantage because they're going to get a first down. It's automatic first down. And then then the Eagles, say they're not going to have time to try to come back. Is that fair? Is it fair that it happened and that both sides admit that it was holding, but they shouldn't have called it because of the moment that it happened in the game? Are you kidding me? I mean, let's just rationalize our way. That That's what our culture does all the time. Is that really, should we really be concerned about mutilating children and, you know, getting them to have surgery and you know, puberty block? Should, is it, doesn't, doesn't that kind of feel like it's okay? Maybe we ought to just look the other way. What 
that that's the attitude that we live in in the 21st century, and it's killing us as a culture. Do we should we shoot the spy balloon down, or should we let it cross the country and then do it? Well, I'm not gonna look. I I have no idea about all of that. I've heard I've read some pretty cogent arguments about why they let it cross the country and not shoot it down. I mean, you, because these little car-sized things that they've been shooting down all weekend, I mean, there's not enough stuff left of them to hurt anybody. I mean, when they when they shot it down, you shoot down, you realize that thing, that balloon was uh, the size of three buses, and it was carrying over 2,000 pounds of a payload, and it was, I forget how high they said it was, but... I mean, you shoot that thing down over people, and somebody's going to get hurt, probably. So, I mean, I get that. I get that. They could have shot it. I know, I know, I know, I know. They could have shot it down over Alaska. They could have shot it down over Montana when there was nobody around. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure it's a conspiracy. I'm sure that Biden and Hunter Biden made a deal with the Russians that it's probably on Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop that they were going to let the spy balloon go all the way across the country before they – look, they they shot it down, okay? And hopefully we'll find out what all that stuff was doing. They said they jammed the signal. Oh, you don't believe that, do you really? I, I don't know. Well, the government's telling you, so they have to be lying. Yeah, the government lies about a lot of stuff. I don't know if they're lying about this, and neither do you. So let's let's wait till we find out what's going on. Okay, come on. That was that was that was holding last night. Can we just? Everybody admitted it. Yeah, it it made a difference in the Super Bowl, but it wasn't the only difference. How about the fact that Kansas City scored those touchdowns in the second half? You know what? If the Eagles' defense had stopped any of those, there, it wouldn't have come down to that. So stop it. Though it had to end that way on a whimper? No, it ended with a field goal with a lot of pressure. Plus, the Eagles did have a chance to try to get in position to kick a, uh, a winning field goal. Not much, but they had some. Okay, if I've got my facts straight, and I think I think I've got them straight, the United States Air Force had not shot down an enemy aircraft of any kind over American soil ever until February. And since February started, we've shot down four. So something's going on. And I, I mean, now Democrats and Republicans alike are beginning to demand answers from the Biden administration. I mean, these these half answers that we're getting are not going to cut it because, you know, really, four, we've had four encounters between the United States Air Force and some type of object, and the only one that we know of that we can talk about with any clarity is the first one. We know it was a big hawking balloon, and it had a whole bunch of stuff hanging out from under it that was doing who knows what to who knows where. We don't know any of those things. We know it flew over some of the most sensitive uh, defense areas in the country. Uh, we were told, we've been told, that the signals were jammed, so no problem. Chinese weren't getting any information. Don't worry about it. That we let the thing fly over the whole country. I mean, I, what I'm concerned about is when it flew over South Carolina, I mean, what what if what if they are trying to take out crabby mics down at Garden City or what if you know 
What if they're trying to get our recipe for barbecue sauce? I, I'm really concerned about some of them because the Chinese are like that. I mean, they'll they'll steal whatever you got. They were spying for Tony Beam's house. Yeah, right. Maybe they found it. Right. No, they didn't come over North Carolina. They did go over Tony Robbins' house in North Carolina. I mean, flew right over Forest City, North Carolina. We've got all kind of secrets there, I'm sure, but not the kind that the Chinese would care about. That's the thing. Not Tony, but Forest City. So uh, I can say that. That's kind of like my hometown. Grew up in Ellenboro, but Forest City was the that's where I went to high school. So these these we have to call these unidentified flying objects because at first they were saying, well, it's balloons. It's smaller balloons, size of a small car. What are we talking? Matchbook here or Hot Wheels? I mean, what can can we be a little bit more descriptive? And then they said, well, those were, it, they were balloons. And, well, we're not sure because we see the wreckage and it looks like it broke apart when it hit the ground. So that really didn't look like a balloon. Some of the pilots have said it they didn't look like they had any visual means of propulsion and that they were cylinders, cylindrical. Um, but they obviously weren't traveling at super speeds or anything like that because they were shot down. So what are we dealing with? I, you know, I'd like to be able to sit here and tell you what we're dealing with. Uh, but I don't, I don't have a clue. In the week since the U.S. military shot down a suspected Chinese spy balloon, let me back up here. This is Daniel Chatlin at the Daily Wire. Off the coast of South Carolina, officials say at least three other strange flying objects have been blasted out of the sky, and there have been multiple additional incidents leading to temporary restrictions in pockets of the sky around the Midwest. See, this is all kind of concentrated around one part of the country where there's a whole lot of missile capability and defense stuff for people to look at. So what, what what's going on here? I mean, they closed the space over Montana on Sunday, one, and then they couldn't find the thing. They said they saw it on radar, but when the jets got there, it wasn't there. Cloaking device, anybody? Maybe it's the Klingons. They, they're, they're coming for their revenge. Um, you know, I, I, who knows? Uh, because because they're, they're really not. If they know, we're not being told. And, you know, the conspiracy theorists say that they know and they're not telling us because we would panic. Look, I'm, I'm getting close to panicking because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be better off with a little bit of information. I mean, when they shot this thing down over Lake Huron yesterday afternoon, I, I looked at Denise and I, I was like, what in the world is going on? Because this stuff just keeps happening. Now, Today, early this morning, I heard a report that says that because of the balloon incident that they've adjusted the uh, radar and the tracking devices so that they're picking up smaller objects and are basically doing a, a better job, and that's why all of a sudden we're finding all these things. So, okay, that does that make me feel better? What does that mean? That for the last, what? 50 years, these things have been flying around collecting information, and we didn't know they were there? Are these the UFOs that everybody's reported? Because if they are, um, I think we'll do okay. If somebody, if the aliens are coming um, and, and we can just shoot them down, 
and that all they've got is these little bitty, you know, Japanese cars. <laughs> the, the the miniature car. Well, that's that's what they said. It was a small car. So I'm just going back to the old description of, you know, if they, if that's the best the aliens can do, um, we should be okay. Was it a DeLorean? <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know, maybe somebody uh, needs to to go check and 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 make sure that um, Michael, what's his last name? Fox. Yeah, Michael Fox is doing okay because <laughs> maybe maybe him and the doc got shot down over Montana. Um, most recent development: a U.S. F-16 fighter jet shot down a UFO over Lake Huron. The Defense Department said in a statement that President Joe Biden ordered the strike on the recommendation of military leadership after detecting an airborne object flying at approximately 20,000 feet altitude in U.S. airspace over the lake, a location chosen for its low impact on people below and the improved odds for debris recovery. So they hope they're going to be able to find something out. The DOD statement said the object was detected Sunday morning, and it and its altitude raised concerns, including that it could be a hazard a hazard to civilian aviation. The object flew in proximity to sensitive DOD sites. I didn't know we had sensitive DOD sites in Michigan. You're That's not supposed to know. Well, I I I, I know. <laughs> But now I know. Now everybody knows. Now, that's if, if Daily Wire knows, it's it's pretty pretty sure that you know everybody knows. They had potential surveillance capabilities. Potent potential surveillance. What kind of sense does that make? You know, it, that sounds like a Yogi Berra statement. You know, it, it's it, potential means you ain't done it yet. Well, potential surveillance capabilities. That mean they didn't do any surveillance but they could have but they didn't is it because we shot them down or does it mean the surveillance uh, capabilities were potentially that and maybe something else um this is really weird says but likely no kinetic military threat in other words they couldn't fire any weapons they didn't have any they weren't outfitted with anything so what's most likely i mean uh, Let's go with my more likely than not scenario. More, it's more likely than not that these are some sort of either spy vehicles by another country, either China or Russia, or they could be something manufactured here in this country that people are controlling. Um, that they, and and it's not a threat. It's not anything. It's just they figured out how to fly these things and they're flying them. I mean, I. I have no idea. So hopefully we'll get some better information as they kind of sort through the wreckage. Um, yeah, <laughs> you had Chuck Schumer, who was on with Steffi Stephanopoulos who, this week, who said uh, uh, this week on ABC, said, I think the Chinese were humiliated. I think the Chinese were caught lying, and it's a real step back for them. They look really bad, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer tells about the Chinese balloon surveillance program. You know what I think looks bad? I think it looks bad when we just let the thing fly over, you know, and and really. I mean, it does look bad. I don't know if there were logical, legitimate reasons for letting it fly. I, I, you, you either believe some of those accounts or not, but 
that letting it do that looks bad on the president. And if Chuck Schumer thinks he's going to be able to go on TV and turn this into some kind of bad thing for the Chinese, I think most Americans are going to look at this and go, what are you talking about? They, they flew a balloon all the way across the country, and we didn't do anything. I think that's more on Americans' minds is the inaction by the president than the fact that the Chinese got embarrassed because we found one of their balloons. <laughs> we found it all right. We found it out there in plain sight and let it fly over our missile silos in Montana and let it fly over who knows what else. Crabby Mike's down in Myrtle Beach. I mean, look, I, um, I didn't watch the Super Bowl halftime show last night. And I have no idea. I've never listened to a Rihanna song. I, I, I couldn't tell you. The only song I can name is the one that I was reading about here that I can't even tell you the title because, of course, it's profane. Every, I, I guess every pop song today has to be profane or, or point to some explicit sexual content because it, it, it seems that's what, that's what I find in most of them. But uh, the interesting thing that I'm finding, some people say are saying that her performance last night was really good. Some people say it was terrible. It was the worst halftime show ever. Uh, people were disappointed. There was a lot of anticipation on social media before the halftime show that she was going to announce a new album. She was going to announce something. There was going to be a new album. It was going to be a, a tour. She hasn't been this was her first public performance i think in like seven years something like that so maybe she was about to launch a tour she was going to bring some friends along she, you know jay-z would make a a surprise appearance none of that happened i mean it was all her she did the whole halftime show she sang her what i've been told are some of her you know her big hits that according to one writer at the wall street journal will place her um, as a person leaving a strong legacy in the 21st century on pop music. Okay, I, I, you know, I have no clue um, because that's not my music taste. But at the same time, the big announcement was she's pregnant with her second child. And that's probably going to kind of curtail albums and, well, maybe not albums, but it, it's certainly going to cut back on touring while she may start a tour. Um, she's going to have to come off of tour when she's very pregnant. I don't know how pregnant she is, but it looks like it's probably, what, first trimester maybe. Um, but she revealed that her pregnancies, she's pregnant with her second child. I have no idea if she's married. I mean, I don't – see, I, could, I couldn't tell you. But I can tell you this. One of the reasons that – the, the mainstream, the left, didn't like her show is because she's celebrating being pregnant. And you just can't do that. You know, pregnancies are for ending. Pregnancies are supposed to end up in abortion clinics if you're a left winger. Pregnancies are something that you go get an abortion and then you shout your abortion online. And certainly if you're a pop performer, uh, if you're at the top of your profession with fame and money and you're an icon for American music, you don't put pregnancy on display because that makes pregnancy a good thing. And we just can't have it. If, if, if you're not going to end your pregnancy, now, if she had announced at the end of her set that, oh, yeah, I've got my abortion schedule for a week from Tuesday, 
at the Planned Parenthood clinic down the street, then the left would have been satisfied. They would progressives would have accepted that and thought, "Oh, this is great! Wow, what a what a halftime performance! What courage! What?" But coming out and revealing that she's pregnant, that she's going to have a baby, and she seemed to be, according to the reviews, pretty happy about it. Um, Jennifer Olney, a 37-year-old fan uh, via email, said this. She's and uh, you know, <laughs> Jennifer Olney. She's a fan. That's her qualifications. That's fine. I mean, I'm a Reba fan, so my qualifications are that I'm a Reba fan when I talk about Reba. But here, she killed it, she said. I thought she sounded amazing. Love the red. At the same time, Miss Olney said she was surprised that there were no guest stars. Many fans were likely expecting a cameo from Jay-Z or Drake. I have no idea who Drake is. Uh, we've got a, 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 a Drake working at North Greenville University. I don't think it's the same one that they're talking about here. With whom Rihanna has collaborated. A little bummed, Miss Oli said. Really? You've got your, you know, if you're a big fan, are you're bummed when only the person that you're a big fan of comes out on stage? <laughs> you know? Um, now, Reba McIntyre, when I went to see her, when Denise took me for my birthday, to see her in Greenville, uh, she had a video get. Like, she sang a duet with somebody on video, which was, was kind of cool, but they, they weren't there, you know. But I don't care. I didn't go to see – I went to see Reba, you know. I wanted – the, the fact that she didn't bring George Jones out or um, whoever else she might have brought out on stage, uh, I was perfectly – Happy to be there for the Reba McIntyre concert. Um, but Rihanna, you know, I guess you a little bummed because she's up there singing solo. And, you know, it said when the show ended, a spokeswoman for Rihanna confirmed that she's pregnant with her second child. I'm looking. Does anybody know? Do you know if she's married? Does she have a, is she, does she have a husband? You're looking I'm at looking, me. I, no, I, I, I know. I don't know why I'm looking know. at you. I, I have no idea. I'm looking down through I here. Think and I think she is, but I, I don't know. I have I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't see. We actually watched it last uh, night. You do what now? You did watch yeah, the yeah. halftime show? Okay. My, well, my wife said it was very boring. Boring? Yes. Boring. I thought it was boring, but I mean, there were there were a lot of dance moves. I don't know any of the songs, so I don't know. Maybe they're all her greatest hits, but well, that's I, a core, that's what the Wall Street Journal said. You know, and and she wasn't. I mean, she was dancing some, but not so. It was almost as though maybe she was pregnant and didn't want to move around. Now she got on a platform and went really high in the stadium. Yeah, and they had her tethered in so that if something happened, you know. She yeah. wasn't going to fall all the way to the floor, but which is good. Yes, and she went up and sang real high on the platform. They brought the so platform she was high down. while she was singing. Is that what you're saying? On the platform, the okay. platform was high, and then she came back and danced around, and she went back up on the platform and back down. I, I don't know. It was kind she, of boring. Uh, she said, "Thank you, Arizona." At the end. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, they put that in the story. I'm like, what? What is she supposed to say? The only words of any song that I could actually recognize and make out what she was saying, I can't repeat on the radio. She sang, well, that's what I'm saying. She sang, a, a, she performed All the Lights. That's a Kanye West song. Uh, let's see. 
Well, the line, something about diamonds in the sky or something like that, I think is one of her songs. Yeah, yeah, no, diamonds. It just says diamonds. Yeah. Yeah. Only girl in the world, umbrella, we found love, oh, I and Jay-Z's run this town. Yes, I did hear her say, sing she something was, about an umbrella, being under an umbrella with yeah, you. The, so the, I guess it's like a love song. The first one is the one that you we couldn't do. Um, she sang um, Lift Me Up, which was Oscar nominated for the Black Panther. Is that, see, I didn't know that. Hmm. Um, so in any event, that's my, that's my analysis of something that I did not see. Okay. And I wouldn't know it if you saw it. To say, because all, all she did was she went out and sang in red. So there was, there was no, um, uh, you know, I guess simulated sex acts. There was, um, there was no, you know, people running around half naked or anything. No, that- all the dancers, I think all the dancers were male and they were all wearing white, like a white robe hoodie yeah. or something like yeah. that. And she was well, in red. Well, see, that's, that's why it was boring so, because there wasn't anything explicit. See, that's what, that's what we've gotten to. You lift a singer who's singing her greatest hits and she's one of the most celebrated singers so far of the 21st century. And she goes out there and sings her hits and lift her really high on a platform and she announces she's pregnant. And that's boring. You know, like I said, the left can't tolerate the celebration of a baby. They, they, they would have deemed it exciting if her abortionist doctor had been on the platform with her, I guess, is the only thing I can figure. And you know what? That takes me back to, you remember Janet Jackson's debacle, of course, everybody, the yeah. wardrobe malfunction. That mm-hmm. brought that fa- phrase into With Justin life. Timberlake. Yes. With Justin Timberlake, yeah. All right, then do you, does anybody remember who the next year was the Super Bowl halftime show? Um, it was Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. So they went back, and and you talk about a great show. I mean, all he did was go out there and sing the Beatles, Wings, and did Live and Light Die and blew up the whole platform. I mean, that was it was incredible. But it was incredible not because it was controversial or because it was it was you know sorted or. Anybody took their clothes off. It was incredible because of the music of Paul McCartney that makes a statement on its own. And apparently, Rihanna's music can't do that because people are like, oh, it's boring. Yeah, it's boring. Well, it's boring to me because I don't know any of her songs. Well, I know, but most people that, you know, the people that what, that said it was boring are not people that don't know her songs. They know her songs. Oh, I don't know well, what they expected. That's true. I'm I'm gonna I was gonna talk here in this segment about um, a little bit about more about the Super Bowl and about how Americans are not interested in seeing a bunch of political statements being made at the Super Bowl and it turned out to be pretty good in that regard. Now they had to have the black national anthem. This is something that they're doing now in a lot of different uh, venues, and I, I I don't understand. I want racial unity. I do. I want I want what God has called us to be as human beings, which is to love each other and to um, not to regard race as any reason whatsoever to vilify or undermine anybody. I mean, regardless of what race we're talking about, I mean, we're all created in the image of God and therefore... Um, have value and worth based on that simple fact. So I don't. I, I want 
racial unity. But I, for the life of me, I can't understand how having something called the Black National Anthem and then the National Anthem plays after that, and as I said, one of the most stirring and beautiful renditions, I think, ever. How do, how do we reconcile? Is that not divisive? Are you not saying that there's black America and white America and that those are two Americans, that, that we're di- so different that we have to have our own national anthem? I think that's, a, that's dividing us, not bringing us together. I mean, I, I think having the kind of national anthem rendition we had last night where everybody in the place was just caught up in it that's a moment of unity, not dividing us over one song or the other. So, anyway, that's just my take. I'm not saying that the Black National Anthem is not good or appropriate, or, and, yeah, I, I, but I just don't get calling it that. I mean, call it a song. If you want to do a song like that, call it a song that honors African-American heritage and history. Call it a song, but don't call it the the national. There's one national anthem, and it's the Star Spangled Banner. And if you start having a national anthem for every single ethnic or racial group, then we have no national anthem. It becomes no. It, it has no value whatsoever. So anyway, that's just kind of the way I look at it. Um, but eighty something percent of the American people in a survey. Uh, said they they don't want to see eighty four percent likely voters no 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 politics at the Super Bowl it should be something that pulls us together as a country that we just enjoy it that we just we're going to have our arguments over calls you know referee calls that's part of it and we're you know we're going to pick our teams and we're going to be happy or sad but it should be a moment that we just kind of celebrate something that's um, an example of being typically American, which, you know, we, it, it is definitely typically American. Football has become typically an American thing, embraced widely in this country. The most popular sport, uh, you know, there's no second place is a long way away. They can't, you can't even see first place from what's more popular as far as the sport is concerned in the United States. Um, all right. Um, I wanted to pick up on John Stone Street's comments about the rise in anti-Christian themes in movies. Um, you know, The Whale is one of them. I That's a movie that the premise of it kind of fascinated me because it's so different. And I was thinking that I might like to see it. And then I read some of the read some of the reviews and some of the prominent themes and John Stone Street, as always, is exactly right. It's anti. It's not just mocking Christianity; it's portraying Christianity as evil. It's anti-Christian. And I've encountered the same thing with a Paramount series that I've started watching. You know, I I have Paramount Plus on, and and what I do is when I go to the gym, I walk on the treadmill for an hour. And so that's a, a good place if, like, if I'm following a series, I'll put that series up for that hour while I'm walking, you know, raising the incline and all that kind of stuff, the speed, varying the speed. I've got my earbuds in that my sweet wife gave me for my birthday that I absolutely love. And and I'm watching um, a, a part of the series. So I haven't watched, 
Yellowstone because I just I, I'm not that enamored with foul language and a lot of overt sexuality. But I thought I'd give 1923 a try because I'm a big Harrison Ford fan. Uh, I really like Harrison Ford. I, you've heard me say this. If you listen to this show for any length of time, you know that's true. So I started watching it, and there was a strain. That one of the storylines, you know, in these epics, they always have multiple storylines. One of the storylines is about Spencer, who is um, the the son who's over in Africa as a big game hunter. And when the the range war begins over Yellowstone, uh, they're trying to take the valley that is Yellowstone. Uh, Spencer, you know, the, the storyline is that Spencer comes home. Well, there was some pretty interesting stuff going on. I mean, he was you know, they were attacked by lions. They got attacked by an elephant. They got, he fell in love with this, with this girl that just d decided to go off with him. And there they get on a tugboat to come to the United States and bad things happen. I'm, I'm not going to give it away for you if you, if you haven't been watching it, but that love story and that particular uh, line of the story, plus a few others, the part with Harrison Ford, I mean, it's really compelling. But they've got another storyline that has to do with an Indian girl whose last name is Rainwater, and she's being portrayed as being the Catholics in the movie are evil. They're not bad. They're not people with good intentions that go a little bit too far. They're portrayed as demonic, okay? And... And in the beginning, I thought, okay, I don't know where that storyline's going, but I'm just going to let that storyline. I'll, I'll, you know, tolerate that storyline for a little while because I'm so interested to find out what happens to Spencer and what happens to the character that's played, you know, by Harrison Ford and and how all this comes together. But I watched the episode Sunday while I was at the gym, and um, <laughs> they they went out of their way to criticize the Bible. I thought they were going to do something that was going to be kind of redeeming because um, without giving away all the plot, the Rainwater girl, she's gotten away from the Catholic uh, school and she's attached herself to an in, an, another Native American who's going to help her get her father, get back to her father. And there's a scene where she's burning all of her clothes that she had from the Catholic school, and she's putting on some clothes that the Native American man that's going to take care of her has. Well, as she's going through her stuff, she pulls out a Bible. And the Native American man says, well, we better not bury this because, I mean, burn this, because I was in prison. And they read to me a verse every day, and I was in prison long enough that I heard the whole Bible through twice which would mean the guy should be 190 years old, and, and he's not. But anyway, that's what he said. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to save the Bible because it had some kind of positive spiritual meaning for him, even though she was not going to. And then he said this. He said, I don't want you to burn it because it talks about their God in there turning cities into salt. So he's a evil, he's a mean God, he's a vengeful God. And so uh, we better not burn it because you know no telling what happened to us. And so she says, okay, let's bury it. So they go down to the riverbank where the, the ground is soft, and they bury 
a copy of the Bible because one's afraid the other one wanted it burned, but the, the but the man that's taking care of it, he's afraid there's going to be some kind of curse come upon him. See, look, this is the, this is the thing. Um, that's not mocking Christianity. It's presenting it as an evil and trying to convince you that that's what Christianity is. It's a lie. It's it's awful. And I'm done. I mean, I'm. I don't care. I mean, I'd like to know, you know, Spencer and his wife are still coming to the United States. I'd like to know what happens, but not, no, not watching any more of that because it's, it's pushing against Christianity and making it evil.